2: I'm going to get started right now. I'm going to get started right now. I've looked into a lot of shows. Last week, Kendall was on with an icon to return the well, I wanted to do with her from Memphis Uh, anyway
1: though
2: anyway that was interesting um sports in Memphis, Tennessee, i have her on a article she wrote, she wrote about. This. She had Keith on early. this week. I was on, ah, there you are. Welcome to the show, Sharona.
3: Can you guys hear me? I can hear you, Sharona, are you there?
1: Sharona?
2: Hello, Sharona, you're on air. Okay, well, uh, she wrote an article, and this has been something I've kind of been peeking on, about um, soccer gaining on football, or football gaining on football, on on player insiders. One of the 10 zillion websites she writes for in the probably 30 zillion articles that she's, she's yeah, she, she,
3: not. she does even more blogging than you do the,
2: yeah I, I found it, I, the, the joke and you, you guys you, you guys don't hear this but I I do mo- most of the time I do Ruben Tish's second hour on all uh, in Chicagoland radio and f- at first when I started calling in he would try to go through everything I wrote and then eventually he just gets to he now it is Uh, It's just You can hear me, Keith Uh,
3: Well, I can, but you're breaking up an awful lot
2: All righty, let me do this Why don't you take it, Keith? I'm going to try to call in
3: Okay Hello, Sharona, are you there? Hello Sharona, can you hear us? And we seem to be having a little difficulty with both Stephen and Sharona here on the phone lines here on, on Blog Talk Radio. And we do apologize for that. Uh, Sharona, uh, this is Keith. Can you hear us okay? Uh we'll keep uh they'll keep working on that I'm sure in the meantime. Uh, as, uh Sharona has written an article uh talking about the popularity of soccer and how it's gaining on American football. Uh, and this is about the World... Just to hear about the World Cup, uh, her and her um, co-host uh, down in Memphis on 730 Yahoo Sports, uh, Vashti Hurt, uh, have are been covering the mainstream sports for a, a number of years now uh, down there in Memphis. And now, now they've uh, taken an interest in soccer uh, because they've seen the popularity and uh, to their credit they've really come in open-minded about it. Uh, it's something that, and this is something that I talked about with them as well as uh, yesterday afternoon when uh, Lynn McDowell up in uh, Canton on 1480 WHBC had me on to talk about the World Cup, about how the media uh, are really covering the game and the World Cup seriously um, and t- in terms of out, let really don't talk about it. But, and, and the big proof of that was to me before the World Cup, Landon Donovan was left off the team, and all the all the you know, the, the the national T the national TV networks, not just ESPN, but also um, also the uh, the other networks that are covering the World Cup, the national radio talk shows uh, as well spending a lot of time talking about this, even though, unlike ESPN, they really have no vested interest. And to me, it just shows the change in the popularity of the game as well as the media uh, really understanding that this is big time. Now, hopefully, uh, we've got the phone issues uh, solved, and hopefully, Sharona, are you there? Uh, Can you hear me okay?
4: I'm here. I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Uh
3: yeah, yeah we, can. Can. Yeah, Thank we you could. Yeah, we did. Good, finally. Thank you very much for your patience, Sharona. We do appreciate it. I'm not sure uh, what's going on here with the phone. line. Steven was having issues as well. I guess I was the only one who was uh, not having a phone. Well, but, I could uh, hear
4: you guys. You couldn't hear me, so I went not
3: Yeah, I even to hit the mute and unmute button a couple times, thinking when the problem was here on our board, but it wasn't, but... Uh, Again, this is uh, Sharona from Game Over Sports on seven thirty Yahoo Sports in Memphis. We want to thank you for coming on, and we were. Uh, Thanks for having me. The, oh, you're very welcome. Happy to have you and, uh, on the show, and also uh, you're very happy that, you, that unlike there's a few holdouts still out there in the media. I, I saw a tweet. <laughs> I saw I well the one that kind of caught my attention is Dan Shaughnessy of the Boston Globe, who basically says, right. "Yeah, he had a call." Says, "Yeah." The game popular, but I still don't care, and it, you can't make me do otherwise. But um, the one thing I brought up uh, – I brought this up both with you, and as I say yesterday as well uh, on radio if you can, is how so many media outlets are really opening their eyes to this, and people who – not that they were against the game, this time, but people who didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to it are not really yeah. doing yet. And certainly – firstly, you and Bash Tire are to be credited for being – Willing to look at, it and say, okay, we should maybe we should pay attention to this. So we want to first of all th- thank you for doing it. And, Second of all, I guess the first thing to ask you is what prompted this uh, with you? Because you know Tennessee, uh, you know the South, obviously football and to a large extent, basketball are kings down there. Yeah. Uh, but you know we've seen we've seen it's uh, especially at the lower levels uh, the game getting to grow in the South as well. So what was it that kind of got your attention made you say, ooh? Hmm, we need to talk about
4: this a little bit well first of all, I want to thank you both for having me Keith and Stephen are uh, very supportive uh, Vasta and I on our um, on our radio show and we we really do appreciate it Keith was on and, and did a great soccer segment with us we strive to be inclusive I was on uh, on one day. Yes, yes, and and you you've called in, and it's um we, we do appreciate all of the all well, the I support. I know I feel a little flat. <laughs> <and calls. laughs> well, you know I, I do um, tend to have memory lapses that tends to tends to come I think with the territory, but. Um, what, what led to it, you know, we try to be inclusive and um, with the, the World Cup being such a big event and it's obviously it's worldwide and soccer is um, definitely more popular abroad than it is in the United States. But the question was raised um, on the show and I, I think Vashti is the one that asked it whether, um, you know, true interest was growing, was this just... Um, You know, a to be centered around an event that only takes place every, you know, four years, and so I I decided to set out and get the numbers. And um, you know, I think it's interesting. There is a lot of resistance from different people to the fact that soccer is definitely growing in, in in importance and success in the American. A sports World and um, I saw that I was reading an article not too long ago as I was preparing for this show from I, I, I'll have to find it and tweet it out. Um, it, it seems to, to draw some people who are kind of salty maybe, that the United States is getting on board the, you know, the soccer train. But definitely, uh, I think that interest is growing. The, the MLS is definitely, you know, after a, a bit of a rocky start, it is doing a lot better. They're expanding. Um, you know, it takes a while to grow a sport. And, um, sure. you know, soccer has gone through its growing pains just like any other, um, you know, sports league has.
3: Yeah, and you bring up a couple of good points there. And this is so that obviously you're you're much younger than I am, sure. And I can tell you that you know, bad someone who's followed the game for a long time. You know, back in the day, basically prior to the 1994 World Cup, many in the media took great pains and went out of their way to really bash the sport and, and the you know, uh, communist, um, other names, words that I'd rather not mention here for decorum, as well as other. Uh, Because we we shouldn't use that kind of terminology today, in that in in an insulting manner like that. But a lot of media members really went out of the way, and in the last 20 years, a lot of that's changed in the player-man. The show is what has happened since then is the media realized that they that the the soccer fan base was growing, albeit slowly, and that they were knowledgeable and they were willing to tune out those that didn't go along. So it it went from bashing the sport to being silent about it because they realized that for the most part they realized that if we bash it we're showing our ignorance it's going to get us get cause us some problems and yeah there was there was a column i happened to catch a couple of weeks ago from indianapolis was right. he used to write in cleveland back in the 1980s and he was and this column he admitted he bashed the sport every chance he got couldn't stand it thought it was you know whatever negative terminology you could put to it and his column was a white flag of surrender he said, basically, "Hey, those of us in the media who have fought against this for the past forty years—guess what? We lost. We, it's over with. The yeah. game is here. It's here to stay as a mainstream sport. We tried our darndest to stop it, but it, it, we, could, we we failed. And it was an admission of surrender—an open admission of surrender—that I was stunning to read. Like I said, I've read this guy in the 1980s. I remember him. I mean, look, as far as I'm concerned, if I were a fish." If I were a dead fish, I would not want to be caught wrapped up in one of his columns. That's how I felt about the oh, guy yeah. back <laughs> in the day. And, and there, you know, there was a guy here in Columbus who, even in one he wrote a column about how he was at a, a press conference for the OSU football team with Urban Meyer, and he wrote about a couple of writers who were discussing the crew. And... He wrote about this, like, they say the same thing, hey, it's here to stay whether you're like it or not. He, took, he made it a point to take a couple shots at the, la, at the <laughs> last professional team prior to the crew, which he does at every opportunity whenever soccer comes up. But still, he, under, he realized that old, the old school media is realizing the game is here to stay, and, yeah, there's still going to be a few holdouts who might want to take shots at it, but they still understand. It's here, it's mainstream, the public likes it, the public is interested in it, and as I told you, you when I was on the show with you last week, sports media are, it's like the entertainment media. You follow what the public tells you to follow. This is Mm -hmm. not like news, where you have some leeway in deciding what you think is important. If the public tells you, cover this game, you cover this game. If the public tells you, cover Mm -hmm. this celebrity, you cover this celebrity, no matter how much they may be doing And well, we don't we don't need to cover any celebrities with here. Um, well, no, I, we I'm just it's a por- I'm just trying to draw the parallel there. the right. sports and entertainment media are similar in that respect to the fact that they are the decision on who or what to cover is largely fan, uh, is largely public driven. Unlike news, where editorial and editors, a- editorial people, editors and writers have some more leeway in making their own decisions. Not necessarily thinking about what the public is interested in. Now, yeah, Sharon,
2: you know. It's
3: the, to, no, you go ahead. I, I just
2: go I, ahead, I
4: was just going to say, I, I think that um, it it almost strikes me as. Uh, some of these writers, um, the, the, those who are resistant to the sports growth in the United States, that perhaps there's a feeling that it's not an American sport, that it's unpatriotic to um, you know to like the sport because it didn't you know it didn't originate here. It's an implant that came um, you know from abroad, came from overseas, whereas we have our own homegrown sports. You know football and well, and, and, good, and baseball and all that.
3: It. I'm sorry for interrupting, but I have a f- newsflash for that. American football came from, developed from among others rugby, which originated in England. Oh yeah, Base, yeah. Baseball originated from two English games, rounders and cricket. Hockey came from Canada. Basketball was invented by a Canadian. Okay? <laughs> you know, we Yeah, but you understand what days. I'm
4: saying. It, it's, a, it's America Crosse, that made the sport is, popular, and is,
3: is the only, it's seen as an American thing. Sport, yeah, yeah. lacrosse was the only sport that was truly invented by in in America, by the Native Americans, no less. So well, we don't know, imported all chances, of them. This is nothing us,
2: new. Us Cansons
3: us take complete
2: credit for for, for James Naismith. Hey, he's not Canadian. He's Kansas. You guys, you guys forget that. He, he, as as Keith knows, I'm actually a Kansas alum, so I, I give I give him flag for that. Ah. Um,
4: what, what, what a,
2: and I was born in Columbus, which is even funnier, about knowing Keith. Um, I wouldn't tell your, people
4: that. Um, I'm kidding. That was I a would. joke. I'm kidding. <laughs>
2: You're on the right. You're on the right show, Sharona. Trust us. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the, you're on the, only if she would listen. Only if she had listened to the last year worth of shows, some of the stuff we said on this here. Well, <laughs> is your it, is some of your looking into the sport now? For people who don't know Sharona, she's she writes, as Keith said, writes probably more than I do, which is. Kind of a joke on the show because I'm, I'm at like a 12 to 13 different places at this point. But Schrader writes about the NFL pretty much nonstop. If if you haven't read read her, I think like, what? I mean, at the end of the day, you had to think about soccer. I mean, Memphis doesn't really have any bit anything big as far as soccer. I mean, what what? Was it just you saw something that people were talking about, and you wanted to write about that on on pro, on pro players, or is
4: it? It's pro player insiders. Yeah, it's. Um, we're we we definitely want to bring our, our our local audience what they want, you know, to hear, and um, I think that we you know we do a pretty good job of that for NBA coverage and football coverage. Um, it's kind of a slow time right now in college football, so we really haven't done anything with that. Uh, but the World Cup is big, you know. I mean, it's a big deal right now. Um, the, the U.S., um, the, the latest game, the, the U.S. game between Portugal um, drew the largest viewing populace ever. Um, within the United States, and then those numbers don't even take into consideration. There are viewing parties all over all over the United States, and there are a lot of viewing parties locally. So this isn't just. Um, it, it, I mean, the Tennessee in the South is very much football oriented. Football is king down here, but there's a there's a large populace that. For the populace that like soccer, and um, the, the viewing parties have been very well attended.
3: Yeah, I just say uh, there, uh, the American Outlaws do have a Memphis branch. Uh, I'm not sure if you knew that or not, but uh, yeah, I just found. I, I did just,
4: not. Yeah, I did yeah, not know that. Did, they're, um, on, that's,
3: they're on fe- they're on Facebook, AO Memphis, and uh, so and I'm looking sports. at. Uh, you're.
4: It's interesting. Yeah, you're looking, seeing a lot of. And that's I think idea. one of the things that that people who who want to, to to point out how much soccer is growing, you know, there are they're expanding. There's so many you know franchises that are going to be starting up soon, and there's um, you know out branches from those, and like the Memphis thing that you just mentioned. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, of interest. That um, that doesn't always show up in TV attendance numbers.
2: Yeah, exactly, because so, soccer is an easy sport to to attend. I I live in Buffalo, New York, as we have said, and I, I'm still salty about the Titans. But that's, that's I I have issues. And I <laughs> are have you a Bills fan? Oh yes, I I have hung I I have hung out with Jim Kelly because right? ah. he he. Uh, his daughter used to go to school down the street from me, and
4: okay, is, I think that you've told me this.
2: Yeah, Jim Jimbo, I will couch this in a in a, in a way because I am like the unabashed, and Keith knows this. I think Jimbo is the greatest greatest um, quarterback to ever play the game, and I, I have told him this. Yeah. He cannot hit he cannot hit a golf ball to save his life. <laughs> he has absolutely no well, a here. That's a lie, and, and it's not. And it's not that it goes like one way dribbling. That man has got serious power behind it. I was doing a golf tournament with him. And it was Sam Cornelius, Derek Thomas, and Thurman. And Thurman can Thurman is great. Cornelius is crazy. <laughs> Talking about spraying the balls, I mean, he could put that. He could put that thing thirty yards the other way, and it would not even try it. I mean, he hit. He was in one of the groups that was, he was playing. Was playing playing. Let, let's hit the um. Let's hit the house in front of us, just for the fun of it. That's, a, that's
3: the that surprised me. I think a guy who was as good an athlete as Kelly was would at least be decent at golf. You know, that that's, she's that's not hor me. she's not horrible. I'm not trying to say that he should never put him down,
2: but among the among the Bills players of that era, of the fourth straight, he's not the best. And, I mean, Andre's good. I mean, Andre's scary good. Um, Andre Reed. Yeah, Andre Reed is scary that good. Does, but that's, a, that doesn't
4: shock me at all. I mean, golf th- is, th- you know, golf quick, is a golf is a sport that you really have to work on your craft and i you know maybe maybe it's just that he doesn't um he's got his hands in so many different things that or had his hands in so many different things that he you know he yeah. just didn't um you know he didn't put in that uh, i I play golf and i can tell you um you know uh unless you play it pretty regularly you get you get rusty and you're not very good
2: yeah but he's tr- tr- Jim is true. What you when you see him in the media, he's truly what you see in the media. He's truly a really good dude, person. He's he's fricking huge in person. But anyway, what as I was as I was saying, is soccer is one of the easiest sports to attend to. Every place that we live in, there's at least one or two clubs from youth to our age, and even Keith's. I mean, Keith's playing at test a lot. I mean, he, he plays Monday nights in a rec league. Everybody can play this at a certain level. I mean, how many people do we know that are out playing football? American football on a daily basis. I mean, not Yeah, many, I mean, but
4: casually not too many, yeah.
2: And you, you're, I, I'm sure in Memphis now, Memphis has somewhat of a soccer history. I mean, Keith can Keith can fill more in on this, but there is I would I would advise people even you Sharona, and Vash. I don't know if Vashti's is in Memphis with you, but I would to go to on Thursday after your show to go to the American Outlaws bar during the during the game and just sit there and see what it's like to enjoy the game because. The numbers that you were talking about in your article, that's all well and good. and We all know this. Numbers in media and numbers in everything can be manipulated to what they are. It's going to these watch parties, and we've seen them on the news that will really turn people, that will get more shows on Yahoo Sports Network. We'll We'll get more podcasts. We'll get more... We'll turn Sharona into a into an MLS writer
4: <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't write as much as i, um, I I've, I'm back to writing um, with, with the show uh, the radio show starting up, and um, you know we we put a lot of time and effort into into that. It's nice to be back writing and um, and I definitely hope to write some more about soccer.
2: Oh, don't worry, Sharona. With, with what I read there, I know of about five other places I could get you could get you in this. Not, not only in the States. But I, I, as Keith was saying, I'm kind of a shorter-haired version of you on the on the soccer side. Um, We're well, coming to the top of the hour. Because I didn't really give you a good introduction, where can we lead you? Where can we find you on Twitter for you? You're more active than a lot of soccer fans on Twitter. And when where can we listen to you?
4: Well, you can find me on Twitter at Sports by Sharona. And um, I write for, for several different websites. I um, write for Pro Player Insiders, for the National Gridiron Network, and um, for NFL Female. Um, we're in the off season in the NFL. And so I haven't written about the Titans lately, although – I will be doing that. I'm getting ready to start um, a, a series on on the Titans that should take us into uh, training camp, which starts in a couple of weeks. And um, Obviously, you can find me every Monday through Friday on 730 Yahoo Sports with my girl Vastai talking um, all kinds of sports at, on Game Over with Vastai and Sharona.
2: And Friday's the best best time to listen to the, to the ladies. So let, let's give you guys the benefit of the doubt. I, I, I listen. To the, I use game over sports as my workout time. So make sure you listen. It's, it's on tune. And make sure you definitely listen on Fridays. They, get, they, they turn the level up just a little bit, to put it mildly. It's kind of like if you listen to this show last year when I got a co-host lost in Compton or when I – Hit on a co-host, or hmm. or when didn't, we didn't, or when Keith, Keith was at a Keith was at his son's soccer games and happened to get as far away from the field as possible without the refs looking at him.
3: That that would that was rather, that was rather interesting. Yeah, I didn't want anybody. To... I didn't want the parents uh, to think I was, like, losing my marbles or something. Of course, I think they already realized I am, but, yeah, that's that's another discussion altogether. But, yeah, as I said, you know, with the um, the American Outlaws, do have a chapter in Memphis. They're on Facebook, uh, AO Memphis, and it does, based on what I'm seeing on the page, it looks like they are having some watch parties as well. So, uh, if, we'll if definitely you chance, have to
4: look into that.
3: Yeah, look into that on, thir- on Thursday if you get the opportunity <clears throat> during the uh, USA-Germany match. Hopefully it won't be the last opportunity during this World Cup. Uh, yeah. But uh, hopefully that will indeed uh, be something you get a chance to, to go and see. And that, that, To me, and I talked about this with you before on the show last week, on your show as well last week as well, was <clears throat> you we're seeing the growth. Not it's not just in the major league soccer cities. You know it's at other places. It's places and uh, like uh, looking at some uh, look at some of the numbers for the World Cup race. I guess Peter yeah, or one of our friends, put this up. Uh, the Hartford New Haven area ranks one, two, three, four, fifth, and Providence is sixth. Atlanta, which doesn't have a team, is seventh. Baltimore, although that's close to DC, is eighth. Norfolk, Virginia, is ninth. Um, those in, among their top ten measured markets, and, and as I said before, you know, when you first, when we first got you on, in the South, we're seeing teams pop up in the lower levels, the USL Pro, the um, yeah, the NASL, and, and even the uh, National Premier Soccer League, which uh, of course allows uh, college players to play without losing their eligibility. And you know, I know, I know, uh, University of Memphis has a program, has had one for. Uh, quite some time. In fact, the first team I ever worked for, we had a kid who had gone to the University of Memphis playing for us. Um, now, one of the things you had talked about in the article that you had written was some of the effects uh, on these numbers regarding the popularity of soccer in American football and what kind of effect the late, what we've seen lately about the uh, American football and the concussion issue. Uh, I know there are numbers out there, and they vary wildly depending on whose story you're reading, but we're, you know, when people for the, for, for the people, for the first time, people are really paying attention to these numbers in terms of youth participation, and you see, I've seen anywhere from, in the last two years, three, a 3% to 10% decline in youth football participation, and, their, and some wildly fluctuating numbers in terms of the par- percentage of parents who will let their kid play football. Uh, you being in the South where football is big, in, you know, Tennessee, although you know, Memphis' program isn't uh, what the basketball program is, obviously, but what do you see in your, in your area, your region, in terms of youth football where participation and parents? Are you getting a sense of people are really starting to seriously reconsider letting their kids play football?
4: I think it's become a topic of conversation. I don't see in in the South. Um, I I don't see any draft. Football is so big here. Um, it will it would take a lot for the numbers to dramatically uh, decline, and I don't think that you're going to um, you, you're going to see that. I think more what you're seeing. Uh, it, is the fact that that we're we're becoming a more diversified culture and um you know as soccer becomes more uh you know more exciting to young you know to to both young men and young women then you're going you know, you you see the explosion in numbers for women especially um the 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 sport has really grown. Uh, in, in the youth leagues for for girls and collegiately for for women, um, because there aren't, you know, it's it's an opportunity for them to play sports. It's another avenue to you know to 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 be an athlete and to exert their the, you know their athletic prowess. So um, I think. I think that it's going to be um, a discussion. You you definitely see uh, there's a decline in in youth sports. Uh, Is it all related to concussions? I don't think that it's entirely related to that, Um, but I definitely think that it is going to to have an effect, what kind of effect it has in the South. I think that still remains to be seen, and it would surprise me if it has a, a huge impact.
3: Yeah, you and you made a couple of good points on that. Uh, number one, you talk about the more diversified culture we have in this country, How, you, although one thing I'm seeing, and I I've, I've seen this a bit here at the high school level, uh, but we've seen it all the way up to a professional level, some of the, the immigrant population, uh, uh, more, more maybe in, in, from the African nations than the Hispanics necessarily. But you see, uh, you know, I go to I'll do a high school football game, and you know, and I'll see it. And surprisingly, I'll see an occasional African name pop up. Uh, I've seen a few times. I think it was uh, about three years ago. Did a game a kid uh, who would come here uh, when he was a high school freshman had never even seen American football, and by the time he was graduating, he was he was an All Conference American football player. And we said, and this goes along with the professional. The ESPN mm-hmm. the other night down Dominick for the Detroit Lions. Don. Of course, his, 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 his right. family is from Cameroon. And, um, and he, he was talking about how he played a lot as a kid. And, in fact, the Lions even pressed him into service once as an emergency place kicker because they knew, hey, he don't right. want to kick a ball. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I think when you talk about the cultural aspect in the South, uh, I think that's going to be a big factor. Uh, and I agree with you. It's going to be a big factor in terms of, you're probably not going to see as much of a drop off of participation in the South as you will would maybe in other areas, especially the more, or especially the more urban areas where you're seeing the, the what they call the urban hipster crowd grow because that's that's been a big, uh, big, big part of the of audience growth uh, for Major League Soccer in particular. Uh, I think because football is so cultural in the South, and you know, of course, and of course, this goes back to the Civil War. Uh, With Mm -hmm. the value and uh, how because because the southern school and and you look college football the southern schools were among the last to start playing. Uh, If you go back and look at the history of it, they 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 got a little bit of a late start, but but I'll tell you this: when it comes to when it comes to as far as American football is concerned, when it comes to pure passion and noise and everything in a crowd, it's very hard to beat the SEC schools. It's just it's. it it, it for so you know, I'm here you know, in Columbus, Ohio State's obviously hugely popular, but you get the you know, Ohio Stadium because donors get a lot of the good tickets. It's a little bit more of a corporate crowd than you have at the southern schools, especially in the SEC. So you know, the Southerners in the South you won't see as much of a change. Uh, I don't think as far as See far this as is precisely,
2: precisely all- why Keith we're doing an all sports show because
1: we, we yeah. just
2: feared off the soccer. I want to Sharona I want to thank you for being on because we got our next guest on um anytime you want to call in or talk about soccer or need anything on soccer, you have both of our numbers now and we w I know I'll be listening to, I know I'll be listening tomorrow so that's that's Sharona from Memphis I want to thank her for oh my computer just froze on me whoops. There we go. Okay, Matt Hoffman, the the host of the second show on this loosely based network, is on. Hey Matt.
3: Hey guys, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Matt. Of was that some kind of a, Matt? I have to tell you that was that some kind of a sick joke? Putting on, Don't worry, be happy. As the music list. <laughs> I could have gone the rest of my life without hearing that and been very happy, but instead you're going to stick that in my mind. As Chevy Chase said, in "Caddyshack, thank you very little." <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, You'd be happy. You're a sick man. Whatever it, it is, it will soon pass. Man. We will, we will,
2: we will get, we will dance out of the group of death. Don't worry.
3: Be happy. Yeah, yeah, it's funny you uh, saw a couple things. That, well you uh, admittedly you don't do that as well as McFerrick does, but anyway. You, I I was all set my opening speech got shredded by Cristiano Ronaldo because I was all set to but I'm gonna to i I'm still gonna use parts of it anyway. He's known Ooh. to shred a good many yeah. things these yeah. days. Yeah, that that's true. But did I or did I not say the U.S. could would get out of the group of death? And did I or did I not say that Portugal was overrated? I mean, you've got the simple fact that for the most part, especially the second half, the United States outplayed the Portuguese. No questions asked. And it was only because Michael Bradley, for whatever reason, had a brain cramp and didn't put the ball in the Rose Z like he should have. I mean, let's face it. The only thing the United States did wrong, and even the first goal, Jeff Cameron, a miss-hit clearance, it, that can happen sometimes. I've got the, the few times I've played as a fullback, which is always a mistake, uh, I've hit miss-hit clearances too. I've done, even done as a goalkeeper. That can happen sometimes. Bradley not trying to do something fancy instead of just get rid of the ball and, and send it 40 yards away someplace, I, I'm not sure what the heck was going through his mind. But the simple fact is the United States has outplayed them. And I know Portugal is going to say, oh, yeah, but the center of our defense was missing without Pepe and Fabio Contral. I get that, but still, it was, it was a was. I thought the United States put in
2: a fantastic effort. I thought yeah. they played really well. I don't think that, you know, no, no one plays perfect. No one pay, plays the ball perfectly every time. It can always be hit a little bit better, a little bit, for a little bit harder, a little bit softer. These things happen, and, um, you know, we just need to look ahead uh, to Thursday, to Germany. Now, what I'm worried about, um, I I wrote this today on an article on Soccerly, um, what's the squad rotation going to be like, This the third match? Now, with Manaus, England is the first team to play in Manaus and play another match where they got a point. That's when they got their scoreless match against Costa Rica. Everyone else has their – the other teams are uh, 0-5, uh, they've scored three goals, allowed 11. So I think Manaus has been a real thorn and, and a real uh, almost kind of sense of unfairness. So that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. Do you think it's unfair that, that eight teams, well, sorry, I should say, let's see, six teams? Six teams have to play to Manaus. And, you know, depending on how the Portugal and the United States play, and they actually have less time to, in advance of the games the other teams had uh, England, uh, Croatia, and Cameroon—they had five days between their matches in match Manaus, and um, Italy had six. before they played uh, uh, Uruguay, the um, United States has, uh literally less than four, really three and a half. When you look at it, well, yeah, uh, well it, let me put it this—let me put it this way: Landon Donovan and Brand laid out of this argument right away because they—they—they they, they were saying that. Listen, look at the United States. Look at some of the. Uh, small. Look at some of the smaller countries. You play in hot weather. You you play back to backs. You play every three days. I mean, think about it over in the EPL. Think exactly. That's the, the counter off these you, other teams. They don't have to play next. Right, right away. And, and I mean, that, Luis that, is, I mean, we do this all the time. It's called text qualifying. Yeah, and Luis Suarez is used to having to um, used to having to play every three days, or used to. I mean. See he came well, he came through at uh he came through in um the Dutch academies, but that's you you're not I don't wanna sound heartless or mean. But oh these are very high paid players and yeah. the fact that they are Whining and complaining that they can't play. They I, don't can't do I don't know if anyone's whining. Well, I, I, just, saying, I don't know if anyone's whining. Well, I'm just saying. I don't. I'm just looking at the. I'm just looking at the results. I mean, well, I I mean, I like, it, I mean I you can't actually way. run a real know. scientific study on this. Just the arena was built for four games. Um well, so. But,
1: they, they, they but I, I do believe
2: that if you compare those four games to everyone else, I think that you'll see that there's been a lot more goals given up a lot less goals scored by those teams that play them in the house.
0: And I'm not saying I'm not saying well,
2: suggesting they bitch not. I don't in fact uh, the United States has been very like, you know, this is this is what we play for. This is this is called qualified for this. This is no problem at all. They're not complaining at all. I'm not suggesting other well, no, are. That's not that's not the United States because they're mostly German. And how much do the Germans actually pitch and moan about anything? They don't. They they buck up and they do the work. I mean that's that's what that's what um, Jurgen put into this team. I mean, you think about this, you, you think about the Ghana game, you have a the st- a striker tweak his hammy, the beastler strike, pull his hammy, you, you yeah. have someone kick kick Clint Dempsey in the face, break yeah. his nose and give him a shiner, and he still plays the game. So, yeah. I mean, that playing, there are teams out here that are using it as Oh, we can't do this, yeah, and England has done that, and they were complaining about it. And I have a lot of issues. So what England they complain about that? I, that they were complaining all the way back that they got they that they didn't like how they were playing or how hot it was down there. Spain comes well, in and
3: dumps out. I thought uh, about like you know in four
2: years England's going to go like tiki talk, and then four years after that they're giving an English manager go four four two. Oh no! They're just going to—they're just going to—they're just going to hire Craig Burley as their manager anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is, uh, or Stevie this, Nickel.
3: Yeah, right. Uh, I—I take—I take—I uh, take Stevie over over Craig, but yeah, this is this is something that happens. And, and, okay, it happens in all the sports now. Uh, but the one now—the one thing I never. Bought. the argument I never bought, and I don't know if anybody has said this out there, but one of the things here always hear when it comes to weather conditions in a sport is that well, it's the same for both teams. Well, I got a newsflash: it's not the same for both teams. Okay, where you where you play, and, and it's not just the teams; it's the individual players too. Where you play makes a difference. You know, obviously, you have to respond to the conditions. And some, as mm-hmm. you said, the German. Doesn't matter. They just go out and they do the business. You know, others look for excuses. Certainly, it's you know, it's easier for the South American and Central American teachers. They're not that far away to travel as opposed to the Europeans and the Asian countries. But so it's not the same for all of them. You not you know, you don't necessarily get used to the heat or the cold. Uh, but you learn how to deal with it more from a mental standpoint. Now, sometimes. You know, know, the field can make a difference, too. Obviously, if field conditions change, obviously that's not going to be the same for both teams. A team that relies on on speed and quick passing and things of that nature would be affected by a field that's very soft and soggy uh, and in the rain. And, of course, rain tends to uh, slow down a faster team. Uh, It tends to bring down a better team. Um, So, yes, certainly there, you know, and, of course, part of this stems from the fact that for whatever reason, the Brazilian government and the Brazilian Football Confederation decided to go with twelve stadiums rather than the eight that FIFA mandates. Yeah, that was their decision. That was not FIFA's decision. You know, I'm, uh, for all the criticism FIFA has taken in this World Cup, that is when it's not on uh, them because they did not tell the Brazilians to do this. Um, you know, certainly, the you know, travel obviously is an issue because you've got a country that's as big as the United States in terms of land area and a, an airport system and network that honestly isn't really as sophisticated as the United States. But the, the, the main thing is, is, if you've got the right mindset, you can overcome these things. Um, obviously, having a, ta- having a talented team helps, too. You know, if you've got a good team, obviously, you're probably going to have a better chance.
2: So yeah. this I mean, is, I mean, maybe just, you yeah. know, England uh, failed because Uruguay and Costa Rica were just better.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I think that's—I that's think there's cool. an argument
2: there. They're just better. Yeah,
3: that, it's, it's a legitimate argument too. We call, Costa Rica you know? uh, certainly played better. And again, you, Costa Rica complained long and loud about the qualifier in Denver in the snowstorm. You know, and uh, so I think it's like called, complained were, about a
2: snowstorm in Denver at some point.
3: Yeah, well, that's true too. But you know, uh, they complained about a snowstorm in Denver. Yeah, right. Exactly, but when you're, you know, still you're from cool Central America and maybe you've never even seen snow, uh, and you've got to go out and play a football match, it, yeah, that's not going to be a fun time. That's not going to be a fun ninety minutes for you. Uh, but but you know, this, this is this happens like you said. It happens all over the hexagon. You got to go play like Jamaica, where you need swim fins instead of your football boots. You go to Mexico, where you Mexico City, where you practically need your own oxygen tank because you're at 7,500 7, feet of altitude, and the, in, in the smog is thick as thieves. Uh, you know, Europe, we've seen also European qualifiers where they're playing in the snow. Uh, so then, and we, and we, the United States finally wise up, and realize, hey, if we drag the Mexicans up here to Columbus in the middle of February exactly. and they just play in the cold, we're going to no, have so an advantage Sarah. over them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. This is, you know, adjust. adjusting, you know, when you play an outdoor sport and you play in almost all the weather conditions, you, you make the adjustments. You can't get used to it necessarily, but you, you, you make the adjustments and you get the mindset where you, you, you where the idea is to focus on winning and, uh, you know, sometimes, and I'll, I'm not, weather can have an impact on the outcome of a game. I'm not going to deny that for a second, whether it be, whether it be the heat, The humidity, or whatever the case may be. On that subject, on that subject, I'm I'm going to bring up something. This is going to sound like a really radical, wacko idea, but of course, in the USA Portugal match, we saw something we'd never seen before in in a soccer match, and I think it's the beginning of something. The water break. The mandated. Yes, that is step one toward TV timeouts in soccer. Write it down. Put it away someplace. You watch. That was step one. I am telling you right now, somebody sooner or later, especially here in America, where you... With Fox taking over broadcasting rights. Well, well. But here in America, where soccer's main handicap in terms of money is the fact they cannot get the TV deals, and the sponsorship deals that the four major sports get because you don't have in game commercials, that is step one. I'm telling you right now, Don Garber is sitting on there in Sarasota. Yeah, I rate, love how TV they're able
2: to make the last 10 seconds of a basketball game last three hours. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Okay,
3: bring forget well, hey, the soccer. Not, yeah,
2: that's no,
3: no, guys, but you here. know what they're, they're going to do? No, 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 no.
2: They're not going go, to go to commercial breaks. They're going to do what they did at Baseball. Is that they're going to superimpose to all actual ads into the onto the field? So what you what you'll have is the kickoff. You'll have the you'll have the start of the game, and there will be just panels
3: on the field. You'll you'll have the open you'll have the opening kick. Oh, I Oh I have God, seen I was afraid to, to go
2: in a different direction with that. I thought you were going to be like you know, guys gonna turn to another guy broadcaster. You know what? I've been having some problems lately with erectile dysfunction. What's erectile dysfunction? Well, I don't have any more. Now I use Viagra. Well, tell us about it, Gary. Okay. Well, well,
3: turn well, the water I, break Steven, here. Viagra. Well, well, Steven, you make a point. I've seen that in Mexico. I've seen that in some Liga MX games. Uh, For me, I believe it was te- it was either Telemundo or Galavision. I'm not sure which. Where they've done that. They superimposed ads, uh, ads there. And that might happen in MLS, one of these days. But... And is the point I've made before. Superimposing ads, you can do that. Yeah, you got ads on the shirts. Yes, yeah, you've got ads around the field. But even Christina, Hend- Christina Hendricks and John Hamm from Mad Men can tell you that is still not the same as that 30- or 60-second commercial where all a viewer can see is the commercial. Even with a superimposed ad like they do in baseball, and, others, and I've, seen it in, I've seen it in tennis, too. I've seen them put ads, computerized ads, on the court in tennis it's still not the same. It does not have the same impact. And if you don't believe me, look up Super Bowl ad rates and, t- and tell me that. That when you can get a viewer to see nothing but the commercial, that comes through more than any ad you can project on a screen during the game because there's still other things going around to distract you from the ad.
2: Well, here's the problem. What we're saying, you're not completely wrong, Liz. think of it this way: you've got DVR nowadays; that goes through this. Also, you've got the right. you've got the advertising fatigue. I mean, I I'm one of the biggest basketball fans you will meet. I mean, that was my original goal in life. I haven't watched the NBA since Jordan retired because the last maybe minute and a half of the game. Is three and a half freaking hours because every time sure. every time a player sure. breathes, they have to go to a, another minute. At some point, one, yeah. one of the one of the attractions to soccer is going to be that you don't get to see that all the time. Now, I know what? you you want to bring in you want to bring in cultures that haven't watched it or are have a shorter attention span. You want to bring in? Let, let me be honest. I don't have this. Your your kid, you and Matt's kids' generation now, ages. But your that generation is marketed as a. <laughs> excuse me, as quicker as lack of attention span, quicker than that. If you if you're sure. going to stop a soccer match, you might as well kill it. I mean. The NASL screwed enough with the game that killed the sport. Now, it's not the complete reason that killed the sport. But MLS has got to really watch itself. Now, that's not a bad idea to stick in a commercial break and a timeout or something. That's not bad. Do it something like, like what lacrosse does.
3: Have one timeout. That's it. Yeah, no see, one you make a point I'm not saying it's going to turn into like basketball that's not, my, that's not what i'm saying i'm not uh, at all and you're right about, and you're also right about the advertising fatigue too but uh, you brought up the DVRs, and that's what, and I'm glad you went there with that one because here's the, the reason, there's a reason why sports rights fees keep going up and if you go and read it anywhere you. want, it, as I, I saw, I can't remember who wrote this, but sports are DVR proof. That's the big thing. You very, very rarely are people going to record a sporting event to watch it later in the evening or later. Now, I do it a, I've done it a few times with the U.S. games and things, like, things of that nature, but by and large, that doesn't happen. Okay? I only and, do it when the Timbers
2: beat the founders.
3: Yeah, true. You might want to keep that. But but the thing is the sport sports team, live sports television is dVR proof and the the, the fact is you the, the, I know it it's annoying as all get out when you watch an NBA game and it takes it takes fifteen minutes to play the last two minutes, but the simple fact is that all that sponsorship money is what's pay, is what's paying all these players all the money they get the, the, I'm not and you could argue about that, about right, wrong, or whatever, but that, that's, the, that's the fact of the, of the matter. And the simple fact is MLS lags far behind the other sports in terms of TV revenue for that very reason. And that's why I, I, I don't, again, I don't see it being like basketball. I'm thinking maybe one or two times a half this could happen. But I think you're I think sooner or later... Listen, Don Garber's on Sarasota. And by the way, we do want to wish Don Garber well as he tries to recover from prostate cancer battle. We, don't, we certainly want to mention that. But he's, he couldn't travel to the World Cup. But he's watching at Sarasota. I'm sure he saw that. I'm sure a light went on somewhere with him. And sooner or later, this is going to be brought up. And if you think, and if, if you think I'm nuts, go look at a Mark Cuban in basketball. You know, Ten years ago, if you had said, that come 2015, if you, the turn of the century, even you said, by 2015, one of the four major leagues in, in America would have advertising on their uniforms. You just said nuts. But Mark Cuban's been pushing it for, for a while, and come next year, you may start seeing it. They've, they've, the NBA has made a move to allow that. They've, uh, they, when the, Charlotte, the, the the new Charlotte, the, Now the Charlotte Hornets changing up from the Bobcats going back to the original name. When they revealed their new uniforms, the NBA logo that appears over the, uh, on the, uh, the player's left side on the front, it isn't there anymore. It's on the back above the player's name. And there's a lot of speculation saying that they moved, did that on purpose to clear the way for teams to be able to put ads there. And this is something, when you talk about advertising uh, overload, advertising burnout, things like that, advertisers understand this is going on. This is why they're always looking for new ways, something new to break through the clutter. Whether it be whether it be product placement, or whether it be you know, ads on the uniforms, or, or whatever form it comes in. Advertisers understand, and they'll, and they, believe me, they'll push MLS to understand this too: you put a commercial in a soccer game, even just one or two in a half for 30 seconds. It's something new. It is guaranteed to draw boatloads of attention from the media because it will be so different. I mean, the fact that the fact that MLS now allows advertising on their jerseys, just like they do in the rest of the world, didn't really draw a whole lot of attention, except the uh, FC New Jersey when their sponsor company just bought the club. But you did, it really didn't raise that many hackles. It certainly didn't, and it didn't get a whole lot of media attention. Contrast this with baseball. If you recall, a few years ago, at the All-Star game, there was a plan in place. To have ads for the new Spider-Man movie on the basis and it got such an uproar over it, they they scrapped the plan. And you know, go go back, go read Paul Lucas, who writes the Uniwatch column on ESPN. He did a column about advertising on uniforms and uh, and the arguments for he, the, the arguments for it, that he tried to um, say no, this is not going to happen, but was proven wrong. Uh, this is this is coming. If it really if MLS wants to get into that level where they're pushing closer to the, you know, the NBA and the NHL, because they are going to touch the NFL, that's the point. But if they want to get closer to the NBA and the NHL in terms of TV revenue, it's going, it, that's the only outlet you have. Because, this, again, as I said, nothing is impact, no ad is as impactful on television as one where all you see is the ad. And well, sooner or later, somebody. Well, is, is going to bring it up. You watch Keith, we're we're coming up on an era
2: in the sport Where the NHL is going to fall off I mean, you look at what the numbers As Sharona was saying Of what soccer is getting And I I don't completely believe Some of these, because I mean I'm sitting here in Buffalo, New York I live in a slightly smaller town Than you and and Matt do And we're seeing at our watch parties In Buffalo, New York Now keep in mind, I only have an NPSL team here we're seeing at the two major watch parties, one watch party's out by where the Buffalo Sabres play. That gets 6,000 people easily. In the, rich, in the, in the family section where Keith, where Keith and uh, Matt would go, they were getting 1,000, to 2,000. They closed down, not a block, they closed down North Buffalo for the game. Yeah, so they yeah, she was I, I, this I, this is this is a well, fucking. Well, what I, I gotta I gotta go but I did wanna um okay, just man. uh get a little requiem here. Just to totally it's uh so, you know, sorry to do this, but uh I um so I I'm, I'm a Croatia fan. So I really had I hopes. We hadn't made out of the tournament. Yeah, actually we in the first uh time Croatia made the tournament was in nineteen ninety eight and we finished third. Uh, we haven't made it past the group stage. In 2010 we didn't even qualify, so I had really high hopes this year. Um, I thought Mondrick played well. Uh, Rakitic, I can't even say his name right. Uh, he, he performed well. Uh, Kovacic had a very forgettable World Cup. Um, it was just very disappointing. I, and so I actually went yesterday to Kiwana to watch the game. Um, wisely I left my Croatian jersey on state's side. Um, but I was really disappointed because um... you know it was, one, it was one of those games where you didn't want to win, because there there were two very obvious handballs. I think you guys know what I'm talking about, right? You saw yeah. those, yeah. So I mean, it just was, that was just the sort of game you don't want to win. But it, it did feel like, um, you know, I mean, Mexico was the better team, and uh, there's no no two ways about it. Um, but it just very disappointing. Just I don't I don't know what the team's got to do, um, you know. uh... It, it was just, I mean, a lot of it was self in, self-induced. Uh, you know, uh, Mar- Mario getting the red card and the, uh, they, they had to play the two-legged playoff against Iceland, getting a red card in that final game. Uh, you know, so he didn't play, uh, didn't play against Brazil. Um, and then our captain um, made a pro-Nazi salute, so he's still out for another, I think, six games. I mean, just absurdly waste. Just to shoot yourself in the foot, and
3: um, that, that's never a good thing when you're Croatian to give a Nazi salute.
2: Well, actually, it's, it's pretty cheap to say that. Um, you know, when um, and this isn't necessarily Croatia, but I mean, not too far away. When when the Nazis invaded uh, the Ukraine, they literally uh, were treated as liberators. In World War II, I mean they were children handing out flowers or bands performing. they preferred the Nazis and all the terrible things that the Nazis did. they preferred those over the russians right,
3: right. And, Well, yeah the, the The Russians certainly have never been kind to a lot of those uh right. countries and i 'm I'm part Czech, so i I know exactly what you are referring to they didn 't they weren't too yeah. great with my people either yeah no, no, needless
2: to say there's the Nazis are a horrible, awful, disgusting thing. You know, so I, I put yeah. the
3: communists right there with them.
2: Believe me. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, that, that's. I mean, they kind of. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, that's just shoot yourself in the foot. I mean, you, you know, because they actually played well against Brazil. I mean, they, I, I thought, um, you know, I thought they, you know, held a little their own goal, but I thought they held their own. That penalty was dodgy. I thought they had a call goal disallowed. Um, I know that's still a lot of kind of a controversial. A lot of other people feel both ways about that, but I kind of thought it was a bad call, but. I, have a, whole, I you know, have a horse in the fight, so obviously I'm biased. Uh, but yeah. then, you know, I thought you saw what they could do, in then Alice against Cameroon, you know, I thought that this was going to be a really, you know, just a great team. And then they just didn't show up against Mexico, and even the rest tried to bail them out. And you know, at the end of the day, they could not do it, and you just feel deflated. It's, and that's what I hope we don't have with the United States on Thursday. Just this feeling of, you know, this team is just not able to dig itself out. Now. The United States has a lot more going for it than Croatia did. I mean, Croatia, again, blunders. I'm not even, you know, the the coach, this is only his, uh, uh, this is this World Cup, these World Cup games and the pictures leading up there. He's not been the coach since November. I mean, right. which I and guess one, is what makes a Mexican.
3: Yeah, what, what, one of my friends on Facebook real quick, Ante Kopp, mm-hmm. he's also a Croatian former professional goalkeeper. Go look him up. He thinks they have a bright future, especially with some of the 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 young players such as uh, Rivic and Kovacic. Uh, good, and Kovac good. and Kovac being uh, young, Kovac just had a really he, bad. I,
2: mean, I don't want to say he played poorly, but he just didn't have a very good World Cup.
3: Well, he's, they're young kids, and that was kind of the point yeah. Ante was making uh, about that. So I would I would write off Croatia uh, in the near future. Well, I'm encouraged uh, to hear uh, that
2: because yeah. I, I mean, Modric said some things, and, and the funny thing is, like you know, Modric was getting kind of hustled, you know, because there are a bunch of Mexican reporters saying, how are you going to deal with Ochua? How are you guys going to play against them? And he finally just said, look, uh, you know, my goalkeeper, you know, he's played against goalkeepers, and boy, the Mexican press ran with that thing, and that was all they talked about, and, you know, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with a guy, you know, saying, look, I'm a good player, because, you know what, you're playing the World Cup, you're one of the best players in the world, so you have as much right, and so, Everyone's fine on him, and at the same time, there's this Rafa Marquez redemption story of, of course he's always had an ego, because he played at Barcelona, and he's just a great guy, so he's entitled to have this thing, but but Luca Modric, he can't say that they're a better team. And again, you know, this kind of, you know, hits me where I left, which is just the emotional thing about soccer. So, I don't know, maybe, I, I think probably a normal person with, like, logic and reasoning would just rebound for these things, not so emotionally, but it was really...
3: It was hard. It was a really tough day. Yeah, I'm sure it was. So, uh, Matt, Matt, often, we're soccer uh,
2: fans. None of us are normal. Yeah, right. Good point there, too. And, and keeps the goalkeeper. We know he's he's a couple sandwiches short of a picnic. Oh
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I re- I resemble that remark. <laughs>
2: Did anyone see the picture of the? Um, during the Swiss ca- Swiss French game, someone put a Twitter on this like the the, the, the the Swiss goalkeeper and there's a big piece of like cheese, Swiss cheese, in the goal net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, d- 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 don't make Suarez any hungrier than he already is because he likes oh to Oh my up God! Up front. I can't I believe that we're not talking
3: there. There. about this. I I can't believe that. I I'm, I'm, I'm hope I'm coming out later. You guys already gotten through it. Already got in your system. Crap. As I put as I put up on Twitter, once is an accident. Twice is a coincidence. Three times is a pattern. Absolutely. Okay. and we not? And that's an old saying, but it, that, that's yeah. uh, this. I personally, yeah. if it's to me, I ban him for life. Gone. Three, three times. Three times and four years of I say you're gone. gone. Wow. I mean, Get I thought gone. he
2: did a really good job rehabilitating his image this year at Liverpool too, and then. This, oh, yeah. You know, but it, again, it's a pattern.
3: Yeah, he. Fought, yeah, it, it, well, contrary to what the uh, what Andre Agassi used to say in his canon commercials, image is not everything. Yes, he did do. He did fight very hard. It was. It was. It was like. It was like IMG was representing it. That's how good the campaign was to rehabilitate his image. But he shot it all to shreds with one just one impulsive move. So that's wow. over and done with. I say. I say, ban him for life. Yeah. He out. Uh, cra- he in one second. Hope Solo. Well
2: think about that. Okay, okay. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, we don't know what happened. We know people are saying, her relatives are saying that she, that they were physically assaulted by her. Now, that could be that she grabbed them. It could could be that they were in her room trying to get her jewelry. I don't know. I'm not there, obviously, but, I mean, we don't know. And, you know, Hope Solo is a very outspoken person. Um, you know, for me, um, when she called out Brianna Scurry on Twitter, I, that was really the first time I ever heard of her, so I've always kind of had a, like, a kind of thing against her, but we don't know the situation, and it's kind of unfair to speculate, because we're not there, and, no. you know, I, I know a woman who spent a night in jail because her husband accused her of hitting him, and what he did is he bumped his head into his car. He was just really mad. You know, opened the car into his, you know, into his face and said, oh, my wife said that to me. And she went to jail for a night.
3: We can't really, we can't speculate. We weren't there. Uh, Jim Capel wrote a column and he mentioned some of the things that were in the police report and it's definitely not pretty. Uh, but there, you know, we, we don't obviously, we don't know the full story. And all I can, all I will say we've is We've got this. the 911 we, call. We've got the 911 right. call already. So, oh, wow. True. But, I didn't but know the that. simple fact is that 911 call still doesn't tell everything because that's only after things have happened. The simple fact is, is we have seen too many times where, okay, let's face it, we all, quote, knew, unquote, Casey Anthony was guilty. We all, quote, knew, unquote, the Duke Lacrosse players were guilty. We all, quote, knew, unquote, that O.J. Simpson was guilty. Those didn't go that way. So... Until we have to wait for the we have to wait for the trial and all the facts to be presented. For it's it's as simple. To speculate is is worthless because it's just it's just uh, especially this day and age with uh, with social media being what it is. There's just yeah. too much misinformation out there. So to, to say anything other than we'll see how the trial goes uh, if it gets to that point, and, and go from there. That's the right now. Uh, Under our system, she's innocent until proven guilty. I don't know if she, I don't know, did she, I know she was supposed to be in court yesterday. Did she post bail and get out, or is she still uh, in custody? Well,
2: I heard she was held held overnight without bail. Um,
3: She was was held over the weekend uh, until she didn't go into court yesterday, which she did, but I don't know if she posted bond and has been released from custody since the, but mm-hmm. we just have to wait for the trial to pan out because we, yeah. we don't know all the particulars and we won't know until the evidence is presented in court. Yeah. too many time, As I said, there have been too many times when we knew they're guilty and they weren't. And, right. uh, that, that's what we... And this, and again, in this day and age of social media and misinformation being yeah. everywhere, you can't trust anything well, you see outside the courtroom.
2: I think spending a weekend in jail for anyone is enough to just kind of scare the bejesus out of them
3: especially if it's the first time, you know, this is... Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's right, uh, the first yeah, time, yeah, with, yeah. And, and, is, hey, Reg, how's it going? Yeah, this is... It, it's, and as a prominent person, too, that's... that's. Yeah, I you see, never want the people am not, no, not, not being a public figure, I don't know, I wouldn't know what that was like, but, uh, you know, certainly that's you know, something, you know, we learned that 20 years ago uh, with O.J. Simpson, that uh you know when it's a public figure uh the rules change, and things change and again to especially now today, I mean, imagine if social media had been around twenty years ago what it, what that trial would have been like so we you know today yeah. when these things happen you know, Eric yeah. Hernandez is a good example you know we see Aaron hernandez has, uh, uh, you know, there have been some things out on Twitter uh, from him and people close to him, so that changes things for for a public figure because they have that imagine related. imagine the
2: soccer social networking being around in 99 when Chastain rips the rips her shirt off imagine
3: well, that, the that outrage that true, but that's true but that's the stuff so that that that, <laughs> it's <called>. it's <laughs> that, that the that. like here's my shirt off Yay. Oh yeah! It was, oh, it would have. Would have been I think it, was, it was. It was parodied in, li- in real life as it was. I can just imagine what it would have. I like got Twitter people doing that all over the place. You know whatever. I think it was wasn't it. Landon we all wear Nike sports bras. Hashtag that. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't it Landon Donovan, who was the MLS All Star game played that year, did the same thing? Wore a sports bra under his jersey and took it off when he scored. Did, wasn't Donovan who did that? I yeah,
1: I, I, I know that.
3: That. that. That's not a surprise, Landon. No. No, and I, I think he
2: knows Brandy quite well. I mean, I, I'm sure all yeah. of them. I'm sure all of them know each yeah, other. Yeah, I
3: think they are. I think they are friends. Yes, I think they're from the same.
2: And, they're from the same area, if I remember right. And and Landon seems kind of crazy enough. It kind kind of, if you listen to him in interviews, he seems kind of funny enough to pull something like that. It, not knowing with some of the people he he's hung out hung around with. I mean.
1: <laughs>
2: Excuse me. Yeah. So what we well hey for guys, sure. thanks so for having are... me on. But uh I'm gonna take yeah. you off off. Oh, thanks you're guys very for having welcome,
3: me. Matt, anytime. Have a have a great week. Uh go USA. USA. Yeah <laughs> you too, Matt. Thanks for coming
2: on Problem, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad I just had you on for this last half because I, I one of the things I was thinking of doing a full episode for this, but I've got twenty minutes for I one of the things I'm curious about and you can speak on this a little bit more than I am, is this sudden love of soccer among other people. I'm seeing in Buffalo, and I, I'm going to pick some points with this, is that people are on social networking already saying, oh, look at this 5,000 down in the Inner Harbor. Look at look at the 1,000 that are in North Buffalo. We need an MLS team when... Um, when Toronto is not that far away from me, when I'm not that
3: far from me, I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of a no. no it's what, 90, you, mi- Ninety miles. I made that. Yeah, I made that trip. I made that trip up to QEW a dozen times.
2: Yeah, and and we, we, I can make it down. To, I can make it down to Columbus, and I've got FC Buffalo here. We've had one of their um, owners on. Nick Mandola was on last year about this, and I, I what I'm. Scared about with this not the bandwagoning of soccer because that's already going to happen i mean spain spain's bandwagon is empty right now as far as as far as i'm concerned is oh yeah you can hear the ankles breaking all over spain (laughs) i was going to put this up on twitter but i didn't want to tweet too many people the spain bandwagon is empty because of three things the yankees suck LeBron James opted out, and I'm not going to poke you on that one. Miami oh, Heat nothing... lost, and Spain lost.
3: Oh, You can say what you want. I can, all, I, all I know for sure about LeBron James is this. He won't play for the Cavaliers. Right in stone. You... I told you. We told you our bet. If LeBron James plays for the Cavaliers, I will sing you live a walk alone on the show. It ain't going to happen. So you can tweet me on that all you want because it doesn't bother me. <sighs> Well, did you see that picture that was put up by Sharona?
2: Did someone someone photoshopped LeBron James in all the uniforms of the NBA. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> freaking really. They took the only one they took out of there was the only one that they did not put him in it was the um, Charlotte Hornets one. Yeah, because because that's that's Jordan's team, and Jordan and uh, LeBron are not don't get along at all. Actually, which is kind of weird. Um. My question with this is how much of this so-called national level fair of soccer is going to actually stick?
3: I think a good percentage of it will, um, and I think a lot of it has to do with um, the fact that we see because, it, as I said, it's not just MLS where we're seeing this. You get you're, you're in Buffalo, you're seeing it there. Uh, Memphis has an American Outlaws group. Uh, there's American Outlaws groups all over the place. you say to places where they don't have MLS teams, Their teams are in USL Pro or the NASL or the NPSL. So I think to some extent, especially especially in the outside of MLS, I think it's more likely to stick. Cause that, as we talked about before with MLS, I mentioned earlier with MLS, um, you know, the urban hipster. Is one of the primary audiences for MLS right now, and certainly in the MLS cities, that's the case. Uh, some of the there might be a little more light, tendency to drop off, uh, but I think in the, in the other markets outside MLS, whether it be major cities that don't have and don't have uh, aren't in MLS, or the, or the smaller cities that don't have a chance to get to MLS, uh, I think you're going to see go, it's still going to have some legs to it. I really do. There'll, some drop off is inevitable. I think certainly uh, you know the national team obviously and, you know, people when it's when it 's representing America, people do pay attention you know you look at the olympics it 's a similar situation there 's a lot of things in the Olympics that we don 't really care about except for that two week period and uh, and we, and certainly this applies with the women 's national team too uh, of course they 'll be starting their World Cup qualifying later this year, and it 's going to be really interesting. Uh, to see if uh, Hope Solo's situation has any impact on that or what decisions might be made uh, about her future with the national team pending the outcome of that case. But, you know, so obviously the, the nationalistic angle does bring some people in. But I think a lot of it, uh, I think there it, it does have legs and will have some staying power to the Super People who might be just checking out curiosity or maybe just getting on the bandwagon or what trying to be hip and cool. they're going to see people who have a genuine love of the game and certainly of our national team. Um, and this is this will have an impact. People will people will notice this. And so you know, why yeah, so a little bit of a drop off is probably going to be inevitable. Certainly I don't think uh Obviously, outside the MLS cities, uh, you know, MLS is, uh, you know, the attendance. You'll see a little bit of a boost there, but I think you'll see more of that uh, in the other places where they have uh, the lower level teams. I don't, there's, I don't think there's as much bandwagon uh, fickleness, uh, just uh, hopping on a hot trend uh, to this as you, as you or some other people might think. See, because yeah,
2: I hope not. I mean. Oh, I, too, I, I, lo- I definitely hope. You know, I I I, I, lo- I love the fact that there are, that ESPN is doing the live cams in big cities like I like think they're in Chicago, Kansas City. Yeah. I think all in New York, I know they're in New York City. Um, but it, it's this is getting kind of fun to see. Like Thursday, I can walk down to the Canal Side, which is not that far from me. I think it's like four or five miles. To watch with five thousand 5, my closest, drunkest friends, which not going to be me. It's too damn early. But to, to see this on a big screen, overlooking Lake Erie, that's kind of cool. That there are that there are municipalities that are thinking. We don't have to charge anything. Let's just have these guys come in, and which is which is weird. I mean, it's being put on by thinksa It's not being put on by the. Bo- Buffalo Sabers. Liter- it's literally right next door to it, and we have a small. We don't even have a soccer stadium here in Buffalo, and we're hearing people talk about Buffalo is a thriving soccer town. We don't have a soccer stadium. We get maybe five hundred to six hundred people going to games. We just more than tripled that for this, and I hope. Oh, I hope, say, it, I boy, hope maybe
3: it, some, maybe somebody will see if to get the idea. Hey, maybe we need this after all. Who
2: knows? Without getting too political, but you can't pass you can't pass anything in Erie County without um, without dr- without hookers and um, money under the table. Without without being without being too blunt on that one. Um, it, 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 this is going to be fun, and I, I hope in Columbus you guys are doing a very similar thing. But you've got an
3: MLS team, and you've got Dayton close to you with the Dutch Lions down there.
2: So I, well, I hope well, that you
3: the, guys. The big, the big thing for the American Outlaws here is at, at one of the large uh, Irish pubs uh, here in town, up northeast, the northeastern part of Columbus, in the eastern shopping area. They have a uh, as hosting watch parties, and they and they're not just bandwagon. They've been opening uh for at least three years, maybe more, opening early on Saturdays for people to come in and watch Premier League matches as well. So they got in on this beforehand, um and you know, the crew because of the uh, what what had happened previously, twenty ten and it uh it was uh, the crew hosted the parties at Crew Stadium, uh because of the time difference. So now for those obviously they don't have that issue with, with Brazil being in the same time zone or an hour ahead in some cases. So uh, for those that took it upon themselves uh, to do this, so yeah, and they're drawing big crowds for that as well. So it's not an outdoor venue, uh, but it is being done.
2: Yeah, which will, which will make this a lot, which, which will make this a lot of fun. Now, um, what, do, what do we see? Since we're coming up on, or since we're coming up with the last ten minutes of the show, what do we see for the Germany game? Since the next time you guys will talk to us, hopefully, is next Tuesday, unless
3: if we do a Friday show. Um, what, what, do you see, what do you see for the Germany game? Uh, I see us be able to get a draw out of that, which would be good enough. It certainly would be good enough for the Germans because they'd win the group with a draw. Um, I'm not going to make references to Algeria uh, in this instance because uh, I, I'm sure the Alger, anybody of Algerian census would giggle if the Germans somehow managed to get eliminated out of all this because it would be some serious payback for 1982. But I think the Americans should go into this game, despite what happened at the end of the Portuguese. game, they should go into this with a lot of confidence, number one. Number two, they have the biggest advantage of any team who plays against Germany in the fact that their manager knows them better than anybody, and he knows their manager better than anybody. That's a bit you believe. Knowing, knowing those players and knowing the coach for Jurgen is an edge. It's that simple. He can, he can get inside their heads better than anybody else. So I think those two factors will make a big difference. And I think the third factor is Germany understand that you know, you're talking about a team that knows that they potentially have four more games after this, and they know a draw is sufficient. I know I've talked before about how sometimes it can be hazardous to play for a draw, but I think Germany is going to be very pragmatic about this uh, they don't need to win the game uh I don't see them doing anything rash or stupid as far as uh they're starting eleven or changing tactics or anything like that. I think they're just gonna to they will go out there and do what they what they feel is necessary to do to get them the draw they need and progress through the next round i is, is the collusion stuff forget it not going to happen uh you're gonna and um and uh Joachim, don't talk to each other much. Uh, they, they do. It's not the friendliest of relationship necessarily, but uh, Jürgen said he's not going to talk to for the match. They're not going to get together and arrange something like West Germany and Austria did. But it's they're not going to be. I don't think you're going to see the same kind of performance out of Germany that you saw uh, maybe against Ghana. I, the Portugal game is a different story because, the, the, again, the Portuguese were overrated. Uh, from the start, and I said so, and they proved it. So, uh, yeah, I what they did is gone was a little more representative of what they c- can do, because keep in mind, with that Portugal game, they were already up two nil when Pepe was sent off. Everybody forgets that part. So, I, I don't see them... They're not going to come out there uh, loaded for bear trying to get a win out of this. I just don't see it happening, and that's going to help the United States as well uh, from a psychological standpoint, plus the, the fact that they have Uh, confidence. So I I foresee a draw probably 2-2. Don't put any money on this because I I don't always get these right. But I just don't see Germany doing anything uh, to risk uh, the possibility of of something happening that could mess them up for later in the tournament. They're they're thinking long-term. They're thinking we can get to the final. And I said before, I think Germany can become the first European team to win in the Americas, I still think they can. I just don't think you're going to see the same kind of team Thursday that you saw against Ghana or that you will see in the later stages of the tournament.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, the only way I see this that this could, to get dicey is if um, wow, I slipped about to call the United States-Liverpool, wow. Um, if the United States suddenly goes up by two and and Germany has to, has to play from behind because they've got enough firepower yeah. to make that defensive line that,
3: that really would, look that like change, Swiss cheese. Yeah. That would change things. You know, how you know, an early goal from the United States uh, would, would change could could seriously change how Germany approaches it. Uh, I should say early goal. Early goal might not make a difference. An early two goals that could have, you know, if they go up two 0 things could get different at that point. Can they can they flip the switch and change it around? Who knows? But you know, don't, don't even if the United States goes up one, they'll say the first 15 minutes, don't expect Germany to try to change too much uh, because they know they can get the goal when they need to. Now, if you get down to the last 15 minutes and it's still one goal, yeah, that thing's going to start changing. But uh, early first-half lead, I think for either team, is not going to make a whole lot of a, a difference as long as it's just... One goal. We certainly saw what the United States did uh, against Portugal, fighting back throughout the first half and into the second uh, before finally coming up with the goals and put them in the lead.
2: Well, that's going to be fun. And either way, next week we're we're going to get to talk about what what has happened in the World Cup. I mean, that's what's fun about this. see if we get Argentina or Belgium, what really happened against Germany and. Who knows? Luis Suarez might bite someone else on the way to the airport or to the hotel. Or anyway, the only thing I will say about the Suarez thing and I—I've I, always said he's crazy to begin with. Oh, is that part of part of this? What part of this? I don't think was I don't think Suarez wants to leave England. I really don't. I think he's—I think he's got like we have said before and has been said before about many players is there's a lot of people who have their fingers in the pots of these players and want more and more. That's kind of like, that's why Freddie Adu happened. I mean, as much junk as I've given Freddie Adu on a lot of shows, I think that that's what we see here with with Suarez is people are, his people are pushing him towards Spain, which is a far worse league, but that's neither here nor there. But anyway, next week we will be back on, um, We've got three minutes left. up. We got Well, actually, we've got a minute left in the show. Um, are you on any other shows this week?
3: No, I've wrapped that up. I have been on uh, through a couple different shows, and I definitely want to make sure I thank uh, Sharona as well as Batchi for having me on uh, Game Over Sports down in Memphis at 7.30 Yahoo Sports as well as uh, Lynn McDowell at uh, 1480 WHVC up in Canton who had me on yesterday to talk about the World Cup.
2: Oh, nice. So. Um, I, want to thank every, I want to thank everybody for being on. I want to thank Sharona for calling in. Go, go and listen to her, please. She's one, of my, she's one of my favorite people to listen to. Listen to the subs pod when it comes on either this week or next week. That's, that's Matt Hoffman, T.J. Kletchen, and Ryan Sealock, And I've been Stephen Brant, and that's, and that's Keith Coquina, the starting goalkeeper for Scotland in 2018. And I will talk to you guys later. <laughs>